Welcome to Optivate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. And so folks, we're back for another iteration of the Aptivate podcast. And we have another guest coming in from MMP, Amanda Vandiver, a senior product marketing manager. I got that correctly, did I? Nailed it. Perfect. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Calling in from beautiful Austin, a new resident there, huh? Yeah. It's a beautiful day in Austin right now as well. It's like that magical time before summer and mosquitoes where you just want to be in your hammock all the time. Very jealous. Very jealous. Not calling in from the hammock, unfortunately. Next time. <laughs> hate to start a podcast by talking about the weather, but feel like it's relevant since it's cold up here and very nice where you are. Yeah, that's true. I miss New York. I lived in New York for almost seven years, I think. That's what I say. I think that's right. <laughs> and don't miss it at times like this, but overall... Good choice to move to Austin. Like the city, like the vibes. Great. And I know there's like a burgeoning mobile scene there too. Yeah, apparently some Remerge folks are hanging out here tonight. Exactly. Exactly. Sounds like it's a good place to be. But yeah, let's just get right into it. So again, we always start these podcasts off. You have, in my opinion, coming from like sales, and I've been at sales at Remerge for almost five years now. I see that you did a little bit of a pivot. So you started in sales, similar to myself, but now you're in product marketing. So it'd be great to hear for our listeners, like how you got to be where you're at today. And then we can dive a little bit more into like exactly what Branch is doing. Yeah, for sure. So I did start in sales at Branch. That was my entry point to the mobile world, really. And I was so excited to sell Branch because it was a challenge that I was excited to help customers solve. I was really intrigued by the fact that people use apps all the time and that they're this extension of ourselves and that the experiences aren't always great and they could be better. So I was excited about that. I also had a friend that built an app, so excited about it, was trying to grow it and just didn't know where to start. So I was like, wow, this branch company, they're solving that problem. So I started in sales. I was getting to go out and talk to really cool brands like my fitness pal and TouchTunes and really uncover what all they were trying to do to achieve mobile growth and obviously recommending branch solutions to solve that. And it was fun. I loved it. I also happened to be a secret product marketer. Like we had, hey, someone come up with a new elevator pitch for branch or hey, someone like come up with objection handling or decks or one pagers. And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'm going to do that. It didn't go unnoticed. And eventually I was discovered within the sales team to come help build out the product marketing function within Branch with Alex Bauer, local mobile celebrity. So we've been working together really closely over the last five, six years. And yeah, I really just found my home within product marketing. I was so excited by the ability to not only help customers, but also reach far more people and help my other teammates be successful and have a hand in the messages that really connected with the customers out there. And it was exciting to not just have to understand the product and understand the customers, but to really also learn so much more about the market and be that connective tissue between the three. So it's been fun. That's super cool. And I think it speaks to the idea of mobility within like startups specifically. I've experienced the same thing at Remerge where you're a seller 
but you also, in some cases, need to come up with help improve the pitch or do things that are going to help people outside of just your own little team. And I think working at a startup in an environment where like new ideas are welcomed is leaves that opportunity. So for all you new listeners out there that are thinking you're going to go into a startup and potentially just do that one singular job, it's probably not going to be the case. And you could end up shifting your whole career into a different role in case of Amanda. Is that true? Yeah. One thing that always shines for me about Branch is the fact that they celebrate initiatives so much. And it's, yeah, do what you're hired to do, do that job. But if you see anything else around the organization that you feel like you could contribute to or that you could improve, do that. That's so celebrated. And I really have appreciated that. And I think it's true of a lot of early stage startups and startups in general. So definitely go find a company that's doing something that you're interested in and get your foot in with where you think it makes sense. But learn about other departments, book time with people, learn what they do. What is a day in their life like? As a product marketer, no day is the same, but that's the case with a lot. And so just take those opportunities to find things in the organization that seem interesting to you and make connections and network within your organization and outside to discover what could be next for you. That's awesome. Some really sound advice. And speaking of initiatives, what's going on at Branch? So I think a lot of our listeners know what Branch is, the mobile attribution provider, but obviously Branch has its origins within a different environment, deep linking. So could you help listeners understand a little bit about what's new at Branch, especially in the wake of all these new privacy changes and stuff like that? So it'd be great to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, you teased it a little bit there about Branch's origins being really around the experience and deep linking. So the foundation at Branch has always been, hey, get your experience is right. Make sure you take users to the right content that they're looking for from all of your touch points. And then over time, our customers started using Branch in all of their ads. And there went the transition into really focusing on building out our functionality around the MMP and really becoming a leader in that space as well. But ultimately, what makes Branch unique is being an established MMP, but also having this leading mobile linking platform as well, where the goal is really to make sure that customers that want to run omni-channel campaigns have all the tools to do that in one place and making sure that they actually take advantage of some of that low-hanging fruit, especially as measuring ads becomes more and more complicated with, as you mentioned, all of the privacy regulations coming through and end users paying a lot more attention to privacy new laws being written. You have this shift from device level attribution to aggregate and deprecation of some things like IDFA. So it's a lot going on. And so really, it's important to remember that owned and earned channels are not as complicated to navigate because they're not as impacted by these privacy regulations in the same way. And outside of that, users that are acquired through these owned and earned channels actually have higher retention rates. They come from a world where they're already interested by something that you've done, by some of the content you've created, or by your mission or influencer that you work with. And so when you actually take those opportunities to move folks from touch points on your owned and earned channels into your app and start to take steps to measure all of those owned and earned channels as well, you start to learn how you can drive growth in more effective and cost-effective ways overall. So we're really just focusing on helping those out there, helping those in the mobile space understand that you probably built your app for one of two reasons, to save money or make money. And the best way to do that is to acquire app users cost effectively from all of your touch points, 
Make sure you're deep linking them from every single touch point that you have so you keep them engaged. Make sure they do something of value once they get inside your app, like actually convert, actually buy the shoes, and that you see what they did end to end so you can continue to optimize and invest in the right channels. So we're thinking about all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A lot to unpack there, but I love this idea of promoting owned and earned channels. I think some of the themes that we've been seeing in the wake of ATT is around like just generally product-driven growth. And I think an extension of product-driven growth is like some of these own channels. And have you seen any particular own channels working well for customers, ones that maybe have a better natural flow, including that deep link? Some of the things that I'm thinking of are maybe like QR codes, I'm the proliferation of that after COVID. We all thought those were going away, but apparently not. <laughs> No, QR codes, comeback of the century, I feel like. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about QR codes. Something else too that that was coming to mind as you were initially framing your question, just really the fact that so many users land on brands' mobile websites. It's a great place for discovery and for people to enter a relationship with your brand. But as we know in this world, apps perform better. Users and apps have higher engagement rates, conversion rates, higher LTV, the whole lot. So it's about finding moments on the mobile web to actually move users into your app and creating seamless pathways to do so. So that's something that we find being really successful in these product-driven growth that you're mentioning is saying, hey, maybe I'm a streaming app and the place to stream is in my app if you're on mobile, not on the mobile website. So if someone lands there and is searching for a show, hey, encourage them to download the app from there. Say, go watch this show in the app where you actually can, and make sure that you take that user to that show's page once they download the app, as opposed to the homepage. So that's an example of a place where you can really start to move these visitors into high value, loyal app users at the right time, and use targeting to be able to show them the right message there get more aggressive with their banners and interstitials as users move through their specific interaction with you. Maybe they're just browsing, do a smaller banner. And a different situation is if someone's completed a purchase on your mobile web, surface a full page banner there and say, track your order in the app and give them that pathway to do so. So that's something that I've always found to be really low hanging fruit that's incredibly successful, that brands can be incredibly successful in doing just to lower CPIs, really just drive a lot of app acquisition generally, and then get new insight into this channel as an acquisition method. It's just very interesting concept. I think a lot of people will think create banners, create ads, create messaging that's going to drive the install. And the natural thing to that is like, try and create the least amount of clicks to drive that install. So taking directly to the app store to install. But what you're saying is like, with a lot of apps, maybe the customer needs an extra touch point to understand the expectations of what this app is all about. And sometimes the better way of doing that is bringing someone to a landing page, which represents what the app does, but doesn't have the full functionality of it. Yeah, 100%. That's a great way to look at it. That's one particular use case. And there's also those that are just generally searching or browsing the web, or they come from an influencer link, or they come from somewhere from an SEO search, and they end up landing on your mobile website because they don't have the app installed. And that's the choice from 
an edge case handling perspective, then you want to give them that opportunity to take actions on your web, but be really thoughtful about when you present that call to take the next step in the relationship and move them to the platform that's most valuable for you. And for them, because it's a better experience. It's a better experience. I think that's it. It's like about expectation setting. And one of the reasons that we see a lot of churn generally within apps, I think, is just because people sometimes just don't even know what they're downloading and they get to the experience and like, oh, this is not what I was thinking it was, right? And that's why they churn. So super interesting. And then from a measurement standpoint, the web to app measurement for branch, is that a capability that you guys have and that you can do? Yeah. So something to know about branch is that anytime that you're placing a deep link across any of your channels, Maybe it's in a banner. Maybe it's in a QR code. I still want to talk a little bit more about QR codes in a second. Maybe it's in an email. But anytime that you place that deep link and someone clicks, it's really a connection point between where they came from and that thing they do in the app. And so all of these links that you scale across your channels are fully attributable. And so you can start to understand, hey, not only did this banner on my mobile website that had this branch link inside of it drive an install, but it actually drove this purchase or this many minutes of streaming and start to see how your mobile web is playing a role in your overall app acquisition and your revenue and all sorts of downstream metrics as well. So Absolutely. That measurement piece is crucial and something that's missing from a lot of the standard types of banners that have been native to the platforms out there in the past. So a big piece of it. So user experience and measurement, both what Branch is solving for across all of these channels. Love it. And so let's get a little bit more into QR codes because, okay, yeah, finally, I've heard a number of MMPs talking about their capabilities with QR codes. And one of the things that I'm curious about are, are they effective? And how can advertisers make them effective. We know, as I previously mentioned, that QR codes had this resurgence during COVID. We now go into restaurants and like we can order through QR codes with menus and stuff like that. But what are some like use cases that you've seen be really successful for QR codes maybe over the past couple of years? So first of all, it's important to remember that a QR code is really just a link. It's only as powerful as the link behind it. Use your camera to scan it, but it operates the same. And so if you keep in mind that Branch's foundation is linking, that's what's made us really successful in in helping brands leverage QR codes that are compatible with their app and that do those things I've been talking about. Take the user to the right place in the app and then measure and attribute it back to the specific QR campaign down to a specific product that that QR code is on or a specific TV spot or whatever it may be. So that being said, some of the ways that I've seen brands leverage QR codes in really smart ways is a big coffee shop that you would probably know you've probably been there many times. They place QR codes on signage in their coffee shop, on bags, on the cups, they place them everywhere. And so what that's doing is it's creating an opportunity for users that already have an affinity for the brand or already going into the store, actually take that relationship a step further. Of course, there's opportunity to incentivize users to download the app and really serve as a means to get more users into a loyalty program, which is really important for brands like that. We've seen QR codes leveraged in TV spots, as well as in overall shows, just having it at the bottom there and opportunities to create cross-platform users there. We actually had a retailer do a really cool campaign where they assigned different, generated different QR codes 
for each of their different stores. And they place them all over the stores for users to be able to scan and see, hey, if this product's out of stock, I can order it through the app, those types of things. But also that was able to help them understand how many installs are driven per store. There's a little competition and the store that drove the most installs got rewarded or something like that. And it was effective within this really short time frame. They drove 16,000 installs with that alone. So that's all really the crux of this QR code thing. But what's most important from my perspective to think about is that the places QR codes go are already campaigns you're investing in. They're already places that you have the space where you're already working to communicate to your users. So it's incremental value. And so if you're paying for store signage, boom, add a QR code. If you buy a billboard or a TV spot, boom, add a QR code. There was this one billboard specifically that I saw where I was like, wow, this is such a missed opportunity because I was driving along the road, trying to drop my dog off with my friends, and they're right near a really big name in fast food. I don't want to name it because I'm about to say something negative about it or a missed opportunity. But basically the sign said, download our app and get $1 fries. Do it. And it didn't have a QR code there. So it just felt like a missed opportunity because it would have been pennies or no cost at all to add a QR code to that billboard. And beyond that, a person that's driving along the road is unlikely to go to the app store, find that app, download it. And what do they do from there? How do they know they're going to get their $1 fries? What's a person to do? As opposed to having a QR code where they could just scan it and be taken directly to the app and already have that promotion applied. And maybe take it a step further and put it in their cart and have them order it there so that they can really eliminate steps in that path to conversion and probably boost the chances of the person going to that fast food restaurant in the first place. So really a lot of places where you can just take that extra step to drive incremental value from the campaigns you're already investing in to drive app acquisition and further down the line. I mean, you can keep users entering your app and use it for engagement as well. So really excited about QR codes. Think they're here to stay and think there's a lot of potential there. For sure. And I think a couple of things to touch on here, but obviously I think the barrier to entry when it comes to actually enacting a QR code within your phone. We used to have to download individual apps and that would be a way to scan it. Now it's cameras are so good. You can access a QR code when you're like, not that you should, but like driving your car past a billboard, but that's not best practice. It's for passengers to do. Exactly. Yeah. No, Spotify has this campaign in an underpass of a specific playlist that a brand, I know about this because a brandster was able to scan it while driving on the freeway, like effectively and get to that specific playlist in the app. And that's because, like I said, even the way that the image generates for the QR code is associated with the link itself. And that's why, especially in working with branch, you can get them really clear and scannable. The other thing, and this might be a little bit down the road, but this the introduction of like digital billboards and that associated with QR codes makes me think like eventually what we're going to be able to see is like a level of granularity where you could potentially have an individual QR code for the billboard itself. And that would show you the real value that you're getting from that individual billboard. I don't know if we're quite at that point yet, but that's another thing. Like they just introduced digital billboards on the New York City subways, for example, And so it sounds like, I mean, Branch obviously has the capability of getting, it sounds like as granular as you want to in terms of generating QR codes for particular locations. But 
there could be an interesting synergy with like digital billboards and QR codes, which could be effective in the future. Or they might be doing it now. I'm not in that space. so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't see any limitation as to why that couldn't happen today because you can track a download and whatever action happens later back to that specific QR code itself. So I think that technology really is there. And when you say that, it makes me think of another trend and something that Branch is continually investing in, which is making those QR codes customizable to the brand. So if the QR code is serving as the majority of the billboard itself, you want to make sure that it has your logo in it and then it looks and feels like your brand so that it's not some strange QR code alone on the bus. What do we call it? The train? I haven't lived in New York in a little bit. The subway. New Yorkers call it the train, not the subway. Okay, well, I lost it. I've lost my New York card. Take it away from me. It's all good. (laughs) But yeah, so I think that ability to create these custom QR codes and really make them feel like an extension of your brand with specific colors, even changing the shape of the QR code and the finder and and putting your logo in the center is really cool functionality as well. 100%. Brands always want their brand to be associated with whatever they do. That makes a lot of sense. So I think customization there is important. We just talked a lot about QR codes. Again, in this idealist world that we're moving into, talking about, like we said, own channels or just different channels other than paid media is interesting to think about. Any other channels that you've seen customers have a renewed interest in that may have been pushed to the side or yeah, maybe less focused on when we had attribution in its full form? Very interesting what you say there. I have a couple that have come to mind. I'll start here. One is, I think there's a comeback a little bit for referrals. It's so important to brands as they're just getting started and driving that initial growth. Just leveraging the people that are already fans of your brand and make it really easy for them to generate links inside your app to be able to share your content. So a really simple way to think about this is we can go back to Spotify. Someone's listening to a song. They open the share sheet, send it to their friends, say, you've got to listen to this song. And when they click it, they're taken either to download the app and then to that song or straight to the song if they already have it. And so making it really easy for users of the app to become advocates and improve your K factor. A similar situation with Airbnb, anytime you share a property, you want it to be able to, if you post it on your Facebook and say, every friend I have, we're going to the mountains, that would be bold. I don't know why I thought of this use case, but you could do that. So definitely think referrals have increased in their prominence now that a lot of these measurement complications have come into the fold, because it is a really great way to drive growth from literally users that you already have. And it's really cool to be able to do things like two-sided referral programs so that the person that sent out the link can get somehow rewarded for doing that and really boosting up the sophistication of those referral programs. But yeah, I think ultimately that's another area of really low-hanging fruit that drives users that are going to be sticky and stick around, especially if you do some custom onboarding and say, hey, here's the mountain house that your friend that so boldly posted to all of their friends on Facebook to join. Here, come stay with them. How important are deep links there? I know you mentioned like deep linking, but like I would imagine if you're going to be posting or sharing content, deep links must be incredibly important. Is it worth pushing out a referral campaign if you can't deep link someone in the app or no? 
I'm going to say no. I think it's incredibly important. Number one, it's important for being able to create that shareable link in the first place from the app. But number two, think about the fact that this is your opportunity to get a user to that song or to that property. That is the whole point. And so if that person that you're sharing with doesn't have a smooth first experience and is taken to the homepage and doesn't know what song you were trying to share in the first place, that's a horrible experience. They're like, not only am I deleting this app, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> so absolutely think deep linking is crucial for that. And we talked about the association between attribution and deep linking up top. But beyond that, really, the deep link is doing a couple of things. It's creating that connection, that match between the SharePoint and that other person on the other end opening the app to make sure that they are taken to the right place. If there's like a $5 off promo code associated with this referral, it's incredibly important that it's matched to the person that enters, that it actually goes to the right person. And that's what's setting us up for the ability to attribute that back to the person that shared it in the first place as well. So incredibly important all around. Yeah, I forgot the measurement piece that deep links have to do with as well. It creates that connection. So yeah, appreciate that. So you were just talking about the connection between measurement and deep linking, and it really made me think of another area where we've invested a lot in recently. So deep linking and attribution, I've talked about going hand in hand for sure. There's one interesting situation with deep linking, which is that if brands turn on deep linking from organic search, from SEO, historically before branch, that meant that you weren't getting attribution for that. So if you decided to optimize for the user experience and take users to the app from SEO, you weren't going to know what they did because really measurement for SEO has historically been set up for the web only. So that's why we invested in a solution, SEO app attribution, that I've been working really closely with our product managers on over the last six plus months. And it's been great because what it does is actually allows for our customers to be able to deep link from SEO to make sure that users are more likely to have that engagement and conversion moment to increase the potential revenue driven from that click in the first place without losing attribution. So getting new insight into the app actions driven and attributing that back to not only attributing it to SEO overall, but attributing it to the exact URL that drove that action. So that's been really exciting for SEO teams and really helping SEO teams understand the impact of all the work they do within the context of mobile engagement. So once again, touching on the fact that deep linking and attribution should always be best friends and together. <laughs> that brings up a good point. It's like, because SEO is obviously a channel where users show high intent, but they can have the intent in different ways. They can reach your product and in a different way, they can get it through different keyword searches. And so you're telling me that this new product allows you to understand what the user is searching and then what are their corresponding actions within the app itself? So being able to attribute those app actions back to the URL that they clicked, the piece of content that ultimately drove them. So not the keyword itself, but that piece of content that or product or URL that drove them there, which has historically been a big gap. And there's been a gap between SEO and the app generally. And that's not only a problem for SEO teams, because, for example, if they did turn on deep linking, that meant that credit was being misattributed, perhaps misattributed to other teams. But for marketing leaders that are trying to get that full big picture, it's cute. And SEO is the black box there, especially 
within the context of mobile. So it solves for that. That's really awesome. And I can see we're just seeing generally this trend towards with the proliferation of this no ID stuff is like, how can we better analyze where are users coming in from? What are their corresponding actions and help that better inform if they're going to be running like paid campaigns or anything or product, product improvements back to this like idea of product driven growth. So yeah, providing clarity for a channel like SEO is huge. And personally, this is just me being a naive salesperson that works for DSP, but I didn't know that SEO was such a black box until now. So that's really, really awesome to hear that you guys have a solution for that. Yeah, really, really connecting SEO to the app big time. So excited you're excited. It's been fun to see SEO teams light up when they hear about it. Awesome. Well, Amanda, that was incredibly informative. And you have your own podcast or you've been a podcast host in the past. I have helped out a lot with our How I Grew This podcast. So check it out. Our co-founder, Amada Segete, is the primary host and I tap in. So come check it out. Whether I'm the host or not, come listen and learn from mobile leaders about how they have progressed through their career and driven app growth and lots of similar concepts, but just another place to learn from other leaders. Awesome. And then, of course, if any of our listeners have any questions about QR code, QR code strategy, or any other product feature that we talked about on this podcast, or just general questions about branch, Amanda's there for you. So Amanda, really thank you for coming on the podcast. Would love to have you come on again to talk a little bit more about QR codes once that environment's developed. But for now, I'll let you go. And thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, it was wonderful chatting with you. Thanks for having me and hope to talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week. See you next week.